from HerbMentor.com. This is HerbMentor Radio. You're listening to HerbMentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today is Leslie Tierra. Leslie is an acupuncturist and herbalist. She is a founding professional member of the American Herbalist Guild and author of many books, including The Herbs of Life, Healing, and Health and Healing Using Western and Chinese Techniques, and my personal favorite, a kid's herb book for children of all ages. She and her husband, Michael, run the East-West School of Planetary Herbology and have been training professional herbalists since 1980. And you can check out their excellent and inspiring website at planetherbs.com. Welcome, Leslie. Welcome. Thank you, John, for having me. Oh, you know, I was so excited when you emailed wanting to check out the Wildcraft game. I couldn't wait to get you on here, so thanks. <laughs> oh, I love your game. It's so fun. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I was playing it with a seven-year-old the other day, and he just got right into it very quickly and and really loved it. Oh, yeah, that that's, you know, that's the best part about it, I think, is that the, you know, it's, it's how the kids... How the kids react to it, and it's always it's always positive, and and uh, just imprinting imprinting kids on 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 the plants instead of uh, Candyland is <laughs> not a bad exactly thing. <laughs> exactly, and the cooperativeness and what herbs you use for healing what wound or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the uh, it's the perfect complement to your kids' herb book, which is uh, it is. A, you know, I always recommend that to folks. I want I want to talk about that in a bit, but. Um, you know what I wanted to um, start chatting about here, um, since we have you, <laughs> and it's your mm-hmm. specialty, um, and I'm sure you have many specialties, but something that, um, well, I guess how I was introduced to you as was uh, a friend recommended the Herbs of Life book, um, to learn a little bit about herbal energetics, mm. energetics of plants, and and um, you know it's been a journey for me because I, I've since become a licensed acupuncturist as well myself. And it and, and and it took a while to to you know to start to get what all of this is about. And um and and I guess it was easier for me when I was in class and had someone telling me, even though the book your book is excellent when and you don't have like someone there to answer some of the questions, you know, like they come mm-hmm. up like, huh? You know, because it's such a different <laughs> way of thinking that, um, so I want to get, I want to get in, get it into this and, um, I, I guess we'll meander around, but it's, uh, about this, w- w- how can the home medicine maker use this information simply, some examples to kind of get it. I know you teach this all the time, so I'm sure you have the perfect metaphors and analogies for us to help. Oh, boy, what a setup. <laughs> so can, can I just kind of let you loose on that, and, and, then, and then I'll just kind of ask questions as we go along? Because I'm not sure exactly where to start, sure. and I know, you, I know you know where to start. <laughs> sure, I know. Herbal energetics, is, you know, it really has made it much more into Western herbalism now, the, mm-hmm. the um, understanding and usage, at least of the term. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's so broad, actually, that people using Western herbs are already using herbal energetics. I mean, if you think about the taste of an herb, and each taste, there's five basic tastes in, in uh, mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, at least. 
six in Ayurvedic, and um, each taste has a particular energy and effect on the body. So I guess you could say an energy is um, loosely its effect. It's um, Generally, it's either um, you have the tastes, you have the directions of the herb, so mm-hmm. is the, the herb moving toward the outside of the body or moving upward uh-huh. in the body, moving downward in the body, or moving inward, sinking inward in the body. So that's an energy as well as well as how um, the herbs affect particular organs, organ systems, mm-hmm. and meridians, as we know as acupuncturists, in the body. But then, so those are things that, that Western herbalists are already knowing about and working with in general with herbs, typically. Um, then there's the, the actual um, energy in terms of heating or cooling energy. And... Um, this is getting into a little bit more foreign terrain. Um, as you said, it's sort of a foreign way of thinking in our country, but in most all cultures, traditional cultures, including Native American cultures in this country, herbs were looked at energetically, heating and cooling. Oh. So, you know, an herb that has a heating energy is going to actually increase the, the metabolism in the body, the metabolic fires. And... Oh, there are a couple of good examples. Let's say ginger, dried ginger is very warming. And also, all somebody has to do is um, take some fresh ginger, let it dry for a little while, for, you know, a week maybe, and when it gets real hard and gnarly, and then taste the difference between that dried ginger and the fresh ginger. Or even take powdered ginger, which is going to be dried, and and taste the difference. And it's it's you're going to start sweating pretty quickly. <laughs> Um, something that's warm will actually activate digestion, stimulate metabolism, circulation, can cause sweating. Um, warm the body up in general. Cinnamon also mm-hmm. is has a heating energy and does this. So on the other side of the spectrum, you have herbs that are cooling, that actually cool and slow the metabolism, that eliminate heat. A lot of times we use them for fevers or for inflammation. Um, and um, there's a lot of herbs that are cooling. Chamomile is a cooling herb. Um, it is um, can help take away headaches, you know, the heat and headaches that are along the forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. When you get into clearing heat, that's um, there's several categories for that. So that's I was just kind of getting myself tongue-tied because right, I got right, right, myself right. into that terrain. But you know, there's there's many ways of if somebody's hyperactive, you want to cool and slow them down. A lot of times that happens with kids, mm-hmm. and so um, you know, chamomile is another great herb for cooling that hyperactivity and slowing things down. And then, of course, you have the energy, again, Westerners are familiar with, of, of uh, herbs that, you know, some herbs are moistening, some herbs are drying, some are building and strengthening, others eliminate uh, in terms of causing sweat or, or, or a laxative, diuretic effect. So these are also part of the energy of an herb. So, it, you know, when you're talking about herbal energetics, mm-hmm. You're talking about all of these properties, 
and um, bringing in the heating and cooling and then the neutral, which is that an herb is, a particular herb may be neither heating or cooling, but have a neutral effect. And a lot of times seeds are that way. Uh-huh. Um, and um, they're, they, they're, they're milder. They're a lot milder, and they don't warm the body up particularly or cool it down. And so they're considered neutral. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so is the first thing to do when choosing an herb for a situation is to then first, I, I imagine, check in with how you're feeling. Like, for example, I get up this morning and I'm and I'm feeling uh, a little ch- chilled. So mm-hmm. when you're choosing herbs, um, but I could also interpret that as. Um, I, ironically, I feel like I have a cold coming on. Right? I guess there's a reason why they call it a cold. But, uh-huh. uh, but um, I guess what I'm saying is, when you're when you're, um, is it a good idea before choosing an herb to get in touch first of a t- certain temperature that you're feeling? Like, is do I feeling like I'm heated or I'm cool or you know you know what I mean? Like before yes, choosing. Yes. Yeah, great question. So you can absolutely start with temperature because that can be a, cl- a clue for sure. So if somebody is feeling chilled and they may even, if they get a cold, they may even um, have a fever, but it's a low fever and it's stronger chills and they're wanting to be covered up, not to take off covers. In fact, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't get enough on and you're still cold. Um, you might be more pale. Um, you're not thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um more body aches, lower fever, as I said. These are all signs of coldness. So um, in that case, yes, you want to use an herb that's warming and that also will bring on a sweat. A lot of times people with coldness, whether or not they have a cold, but they're cold inside, they'll get in a sauna or in a hot tub, and it can take them 10 or 15 minutes to even get to a place where they'll sweat. Mm. Whereas somebody who has a lot of heat and they walk into a sauna, and they start sweating right away because they already have a lot of heat. Okay. So absolutely, when you're treating a condition, the reason for knowing the energy of the herbs is first you want to assess is the condition one of heat or coldness, and then you know automatically which of those herbs to apply. So if you have a condition of heat, you want to use cooling herbs. So that would be an example of that would be a well fever, No. Um, so if you have a condition of heat and you have a cold or flu, you're going to have a higher fever. Okay. You're going to have a high fever, very little chills. Um, somebody's going to tend to sweat very easily, be very thirsty, even look redder. They're kicking off the bed clothes. They're kicking off their uh, um, covers and clothes. They're um, very restless. Um, it's You know, if you consider boiling a pot of water on a stove mm-hmm. and how that gets the water rolling and then boiling and then the the water actually begins to evaporate at some point. That's heat. And the same thing happens in the body. It gets things moving, activating, circulating. And then if it's too much, then mm-hmm. we start sweating. We're restless. The leg is constantly wagging in the air. The, the person's w- uh, moving around all the time, can't sit still. The mind can't relax. Um, <clears throat> so, yes. Heat and red skin eruptions, um, red inflammations, or swelling with redness, that's mm-hmm. all with heat as okay. well. 
Okay. All right. So then we have a hot condition like that, and let's say it's a hot skin condition, and we've identified so. Whoa, this is hot. You know, this feels really. And then you're then and then um, like because what I'm getting at is a lot of people will look in a book for like a certain herb and they'll be like, oh, for skin conditions or this or that and not take into account the temperature or the energetics. So then what would someone look for then when choosing a plant, you know, if it was a skin condition there that was hot? Well, absolutely. You want an herb that's going to to cool that hot skin condition. And if you don't have a book on hand, Mm -hmm. then you go by um, how it feels. Um, You know, most skin herbs are actually cooling, actually. So that's probably a safe one. (laughs) Yeah, good. Perfect. Exactly. Right. Um, And most herbs that you're going to pick in the wild and use on the skin again, are are cooling, so, um, or neutral, and that helps a lot. Um, So you can, you can taste something, and either you can tell on the tongue if it's heating or cooling because of how it affects you, or knowing the energy of a taste can help you as well. So salty is cool, Mm -hmm. um, Spicy is tends to be warm. Mm-hmm. Bitter tends to be cool. Sweet tends to be warm. Really? Sweet's warm. Okay. Sweet tends to be warm, yes. And um, what have I left out? Sour. Mm-hmm. Sour tends to be uh, cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah, cool and dry. And um, bitter tends to be cool and very dry. Right. Pungent's more warm to even hot. So a lot of the spices we use in the kitchen tend to be more warming. Black pepper, garlic, ginger, mustard seeds, fennel. You know, a lot of these things are warming in energy. And and a lot of these also seem to have a certain affinity for the digest. Well, obviously they're using our cooking, so in our our digestive system and helping things like indigestion and gas and things like that. Absolutely. So, so do. Is are warming herbs usually indicated for the, that, those conditions? Then, oh, I wish I could say that. But um, it's not, not cut it, and dry, is it? It's not that cut and dry. No, mm-hmm. no. It it really depends on the person, and that's the beauty of the system because we're not treating people allopathically. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has a cold, so everybody takes this. In fact, mm-hmm. that's how I first learned about the energy of herbs because I had the flu. And I was told garlic was good for the flu, and I took it, and it made me worse. It didn't make me better. And I wondered, well, what's this about herbs? It's it's not working. And that happens to a lot of people, and they think herbs are ineffective because of that. Oh. And, you know, I had this flu with a high fever and the sweating, like I was talking about before, all those signs, very thirsty, strong sore throat, all of that. So I needed an herb to cool me down, and that's when it would have been effective. You know, herbs that cause sweating and cool me down, like elder, chamomile would have been useful in that case. Um, uh, lemon balm, you know, the mints, hmm. all of that would have would have been helpful for me. And um, so I, when I started exploring herbs, I wondered, well, why didn't garlic work? And that's when I found out, oh, herbs have energies. You have to apply them appropriately, which means that. Each of us is individual, so each of us has a particular energy going on in our bodies, 
And when I get a stomach ache, for mm-hmm. instance, it's going to be different than when you get a stomach ache. Exactly. And it's going to require a different herb than what you would need because you might have some heat going on or you might have coldness and vice versa for me. You might have dryness. I might have dampness. So this is why we want to look further um, and study further and think, heavens, there's books out there right. that help us that we can learn what the energy of an herb is by looking it up and and finding out, well, why is that? Well, it's bitter. It's yellow. It's it's So it's mm-hmm. cooling. It's drying. It's going to clear heat in this case. It's going to dry dampness in this case versus an herb like elecampane that's warming and drying. So that's mm-hmm. good for somebody who has coldness in the digestion and dampness in the digestion. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this morning... I thought, like, oh, you know, it's it's cold and rainy out. It's change of season right now. Felt a little chilled. So even right now, I'm drinking some um, ginger um, mm-hmm. lemon honey tea that I, I, I brewed up um, to kind of get that warmth. Um, and I guess also garlic would have been appropriate in this case, you're saying, right, because it is warming and I was more on the chilled side of things. Yes. And you're bringing in a whole other factor that's important to pay attention to, and that's the environment. Mm. So people who live in the northwest part of the country where it tends to be more damp mm-hmm. than their body and cool because of the lack of sun and the you know constant moisture, so then the body is going to have generally more of a tendency toward dampness and coolness. And uh-huh. so making daily and weekly teas is really beneficial for whatever the weather is, Mm-hmm. to counteract that in your body. And one of the things that you might add in, and mm-hmm. people in those kind of climates, is uh, ideally tangerine peel, but you could also use orange peel or lemon peel. Really? And Yeah, organic, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the peels of these fruits <clears throat> are very good at eliminating dampness and getting things uh, circulating in the body, the energy circulating. I had no idea. So I have like some lemon juice in there, but that's different than the peel, huh? It's different than the peel, yes. And in fact, they'll make that as a traditional drink in Italy after dinner, uh, boiling the peel of the lemon for digestion. Oh, well, that's a nice, simple thing that people can do that they probably things they already have in their kitchen. That's great. Exactly. And the Chinese will use tangerine peel. You can just dry it and put it in a jar, use it later. Oh, so don't throw um, the like peels say, away. Yeah, and in fact, if you're eating in cold, damp climates, you're eating fruit like oranges, you definitely want to eat a part of the peel to counteract the cooling, dampening aspect of the orange. That's really, and then, but that would necessarily be needed um, where, you, you're in California, right? So I'm in California, but I'm on the coast. Oh, okay. where it's, um Well, I'm in the mountains near the coast, so it gets hotter and drier here, but it's, it can be foggy and cool on the coast. If you're down in the Southern California area, um, which I'm in the Northern, so if you're in Southern where it's hot, yes, you want to be thinking about more cooling herbs, drinking more mint, more chrysanthemum tea is fabulous mm-hmm. for the summertime for cooling the digestion and cooling the body in general. But, you know, we're actually headed into fall, so we should be talking more about fall things. Yeah, let's talk about the fall because <laughs> fall is, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're, I'm treating people as a um, for well. I'm still where I am. I'm still treating them for late summer, but we're we're getting more and more signs of of metal and fall here. 
medals yeah. in the shows. I'm not going to should get into that. <laughs> Stay away <laughs> from that. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's coming. It, it, it's like you know we're we're it's happening here. And uh, yeah. So, so what 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 wisdom um, about how seasons interplay into all this? And can you share? Yeah, seasons are so important to pay attention to because they're part of that external environment. And the joints of the seasons, the change of the seasons, are the most tricky times for the body, and particularly this one. The change from summer to fall is probably the trickiest time of year for most people. Mm -hmm. And then winter into spring would be the second. So a lot of colds and flus come on at this point because of that shift and the body having a hard time adapting. So it's tricky particularly this time of year because of two things. First of all, when you're adapting to the next season, it's better to start before the season actually happens. So technically fall is what? The fall equinox, which is in a week or so, less than a week. And um, But as we know, energetically, the season shifts differently around the country depending on where you are. So you actually want to start within the month before that season to begin preparing for that season. Fall means cool energy. It's windier. It's cooler. It's, mm-hmm. We get more moist in the air. We get moisture in the air in terms of perhaps more precipitation, but it also has a drying energy at the same time. And um, the organs associated with the fall are the lungs and the colon. Mm -hmm. So we want to be paying attention to mucus buildup in the lungs or extra dryness in the lungs. Mucus buildup in the sinuses or extra dryness in the sinuses, things like this. And, of course, it's partnered organ, the um, large intestine. So what that means is you want to start eating foods that are heartier, more root vegetables, stronger proteins, um, more to all cooked foods, um, because these foods create more warmth and building and strengthening energy in the body, which is what you want as it starts getting cooler outside. You want to stoke the inner fires. You want to stoke... You want to get your pilot light turned on more strongly. You want to, um, so you can cook better when it's cold. You know, you want to stoke the stove internally, mm-hmm. so you have the metabolic fires you need for the cooler, damper temperatures to come outside. So that also means stopping the summer foods a little earlier in terms of watermelon, mm-hmm. cantaloupe ice cream, <laughs> um, a lot of salads, juices, you know, all those things that cool the body down. Right. Now, of course, here comes the second part of this tricky thing. We tend to all get an Indian summer. And the Indian summer, as we call it here in the West, is when that time we, get, we have that last spark of, of heat, that when it gets real warm outside. And we think, oh, it's summer still. I want to play. I wear my cutoffs, my shorts, my... Um, you know, sleeveless shirts, run around outside, even though there might be cool breeze, and pretend that it's still summer and eat my last bit of watermelon because it ripens this time of year. Right. Um, So what that's for, actually, is to clear out the last bit of heat that's built up in the body from the summer. You do want to actually clear that out, and you can do that during the heat of the day. So you can have your watermelon during the heat of the day. Actually eat seeds with it because the seeds are diuretic and counteract any of the dampening properties of the watermelon. And then that heat doesn't get trapped in the body for the rest of the year. 
kind of like closing the windows and the doors against the cold building because you don't want to trap heat indoors. You want appropriate heat, not um, not a pathogenic heat. Mm-hmm. So too much heat building up in the summer, you want to release. And so you can do that with a little bit of watermelon, a little bit of salad during that time. And then back in the evening, back in the mornings, go to your cooked foods. And then as soon as it cools down again, boom, you're back to your root vegetables, you know, strong protein for whatever your body's needs are. Cook salad, like dark leafy greens, kale, collard, bok choy, dandelion, mustard greens, all of those good greens. Cook those and make them into a salad Mm. rather than raw foods. Exactly. And, And that's what will keep somebody strong through the fall and through the winter, really building those fires. So, you know, I just want to ask you in the fall, too, when, when fruits that are coming on in the fall, like apples, for example, mm-hmm. where do those fit in? Because I'm, I'm trusting the wisdom of nature to have fruits and vegetables be ripening at the times you should be eating them. Exactly. So how do but, the apples fit in energetically? Cause I, apples big... fit in fine energetically. I mean, they, um, they help move the energy open, the meridians, mm-hmm. and... They can be cooked and spices added to them for somebody who has more coldness or dampness. So baked apples with walnuts and cinnamon or applesauce, apple pie. Ah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I know. We're going to get hungry here. (laughs) And the same thing with pears. The same thing with pears. Now, interestingly, pears moisten the lungs. So somebody who has too much dryness in the lungs and sinuses, there are the pears for that season. And again, they can be cooked and spices added to counteract excessive coolness of them and to help their digestibility. Okay, okay. So, and in fact, you know, I'm thinking about in Poland where it's very, very cold, mm-hmm. they, have, they have fruit regularly in their diets, but how they do it is they make a fruit compote. So they cook the fruit and make it like a fruit soup, if you will that you can drink and eat. Oh. And there's spices added. That's that's really, you know, a lot of people often think of that. That's really... Exactly. And people talk about, okay, well, you're killing the enzymes when you're cooking food. What you do is you include fermented food in your diet then. You have salt-pickled vegetables, salt-pickled cabbage, you know, these kind of things that are in most all traditional cultures. There's some kind of pickled food. Mm-hmm. And it's that fermented food that brings in the live enzymes for digestion. Oh, yeah. And that's that a, way you... Yeah, so my wife does those kinds of, uh, she does, uh, Kimberly does, got that, the pickles going and the sauerkraut going, and she's got some uh, actually lacto-fermenting sodas she's into now, so she's... Ooh, I'd like to learn about those. Oh, it's, oh well, I, I get on, I'll get, get you in on Herb Mentor. I just posted a 20-minute uh, uh, one on making. You can use any fruit, but she has the whole process using blueberries as an example. Ooh, my favorite. So we'll get you right on there, and then you can uh, watch it. Thank and there you. you go. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, so that fermented stuff, and there's things like miso and sauerkraut mm-hmm. and kimchi and pickled herring and you know, it depends on your ancestry or in the part of the country or world you live in will help you choose which is best for your body. And um, definitely every day there should be fermented food. And um, and then if your body type is cooler and damper and you need to be eating all cooked foods, it's not a problem. You're getting what you need in mm-hmm. terms of enzymes 
and you're going to be able to digest the other foods and they're not going to throw off your body um, energetically or uh, create illness for you. So what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that, if I, see if I'm right, <laughs> is that uh, I, be, of course, and because of the w- people and the communities and the world we, you know, we're in is, um, you know, in our communities of health and, and whatnot, is you always hear this theory, that theory, and this book and that book, but you're, you're really saying here like, hey, pay attention to how you're feeling, what your um, what season we're in, what the temperature is, um, how the food feels when we're eating it. So it's actually uh, using our own senses, huh? Yes. <laughs> using our own senses and pay attention to your own body. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us eat and live and choose herbs mentally. We read, we hear this, we, you know, this is what's good for everybody, this is what works for me, Mm -hmm. so forth and so on. So we think that's what we should be doing. And it's really, we have to pay attention to our own microcosm and our own macrocosm surrounding us. It's very unique for each of us. We all have individual needs, and, um, and that's what we should be listening to and paying attention to. So... There's a kind of an old adage in uh, Chinese medicine called treat the body like a cow so the spirit can soar, <laughs> uh-huh. which means pay attention to your own cow needs. You know, when what time of the day do you need to be milked or, you know, exercised or um, fed? And what kind of, you know, what's the right grass or food for you so you can really produce the very best in your life? And... Um, it's again. It's very unique. It's very particular. It's not. It's not even going to be like your partner, or your kids. Right. So, um, you know, and you you make the changes and the shifts according to the you know the food you choose, how you cook it, how you spice it, and the same thing with the herbs you pick wow. and use. So, yeah. so in in this fall season. Um, you know, we always we always tell folks to you know keep it simple, and we we choose herbs to study every month or one a month uh, based on you know what's happening in the season. Like for example, we have elder this month, and next month is uh, Ella campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are um, you know some particular herbs that might be that you might suggest um, that people might you know think about? establishing a relationship with and and getting to know a little better well those are both great ones Mm -hmm. um elderberry is just such a great antiviral and um you know it depends on the parts you're using on it but most people are using the berries these days great for kids Mm -hmm. so good for coughs and colds and and flus um it has a cool energy so -hmm. that's something to keep in mind typically kids are warmer than adults, although um, some children can have coldness if they've been drinking a lot of cold drinks or ice drinks or fed a lot of cool foods or a lot of times vegetarians tend to be cooler than meat eaters. Mm-hmm. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, elecampane, another great herb, and it has a warming energy. Wonderful for clearing mucus out of the lungs and clearing dampness out of the digestion. So it sparks the digestion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, ice and... So um, other great herbs, garlic, 
garlic's fabulous for the lungs. For, for mucus in the lungs, I've seen and I've treated walking pneumonia with garlic juice. And you can buy garlic juice in any grocery store. Right. Um, you take a teaspoon three times a day or so, and it really, uh, even pneumonia, clears. It, it really clears out the lungs. Um, and we talked about ginger, fresh ginger, more for the colds and flus to bring on a sweat. Dry ginger is more for coldness in the digestion. So there okay. might be a... I'm sorry? I said okay. Disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, other great herbs for this time of year, mullen, another great herb oh. for the lungs, for cough. Um, How do you use it the lungs. for that? I make it into a tea. Mm-hmm. You can also use it in powdered form in a capsule if you know it's not older than six months. Um, you can just pick the leaves and crush them up and cook them into a tea. Um, you know, I'd simmer them about 10 minutes, 15 minutes and strain it. It's got a cool energy. Um, the Chinese use loquat a lot. Some people might have loquat trees growing around them, and you just pick the leaves. Fabulous wow. for coughs and clearing wow. phlegm out of the lungs. Really great for that. So I, uh, I, I wanted to uh, back up, and we were just talking about elder and, and garlic because, um, um, for example, okay, I get up this morning and I'm feeling like, all right, feeling a little cool like chilled and in uh, what goes through people's head because you know just want to accentuate something you were saying earlier um in choosing because i i can say oh well there's this ginger or this garlic that has antiviral properties but also elder is well known for colds and has antiviral properties and would i you know in addition to this ginger, lemon, honey tea, would also going taking a tablespoon of elderberry syrup help me, or should I just keep it simple and stay with the warming because I'm feeling a little chilly? You see what I mean? It, it kind of I want yeah. to accentuate that point about you know just about what's in the book or what somebody says versus how you're feeling. Experience, yeah, and how you're feeling. So great question. Actually, the some of the most powerful formulas. And the most powerful results are when you mix herbs with cooling and heating energies. Mm-hmm. So you can mix them together. If you're having a good, strong ginger tea, go ahead and take the elderberry syrup. It's cool, but you're having the warmth from the ginger. And that way you can clear out any latent or residual heat that might be present. You're going to get the antiviral effect, but you're not going to cool the body down too much because you're having the ginger tea. Got it. And if you're concerned about, you know, really feeling chilled, add in the garlic or add in um, uh, what what else would be nice and warming for you? Uh, Elecampane. Um, yeah. Are you having mucus in your lungs? Um, there's a little there's a little cough, and I was okay. I was reaching for that first actually, but I couldn't find. It. <laughs> we couldn't ran out of dried, it, yeah. and it's nearly harvest time out in the yard <laughs> for our elecampane plant. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you have some wild cherry bark on hand. That's true. You know, and certainly you've got garlic. I mean, that's mm-hmm. warm and works for the lungs. So mm-hmm. you can you could add that in right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what I would do. Is you can actually find so many of these things, particularly for the lungs. You can find in your kitchen cabinet. It's wonderful. And you can mix cooling things like. Um, um, Basil's cooling, 
and um, sometimes grapefruit peels are used, they're cooling and used for colds. And so, you know, just learning some simple kitchen medicines, you have a condition of coolness, so you want to be doing the warming things. Black pepper, you know, I've done this with my son in a restaurant when he started having a cough. Sprinkle black pepper in his palm. If there's a little honey around, mix it with the honey. If there's not, just lick the black pepper. <laughs> and and it it took away his cough right away. Wow. And um, uh. let's see, once I had a cough and it was Mother's Day and the guys wanted to take me out. So I said, okay, we went to an Italian restaurant. And for an appetizer, they have chopped garlic and olive oil, raw garlic chopped in olive oil with bread. And I knew right away, okay, here's my remedy. Scoop that raw garlic with olive oil on my bread, and by the time the the, the main entree was coming, my cough was relieved. <laughs> That's and, great. You know, it's yeah. it's really great. You can find these things around you. You don't even have to be home necessarily. That's it's, what it's, I I love, uh, um, you know, teaching people about too. It's just like, you know, just. If, when you're traveling or even at home, I mean, most things are what you need for your first aid is all in the supermarket. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Food choices and spices right there can treat so many things. Exactly. So even yep. if you don't have the luxury of a groovy herb shop down the street like I don't. <laughs> exactly. So, again, I tell you the good old remedy of chicken soup, you know, very warm, <laughs> easy to digest, builds your energy. You know, put scallions in there. Scallions are warming and help. Um, they have a diaphoretic effect. Help warm up and eliminate coolness. So ginger and scallion soup a lot of times is used. Or That's our uh, kind of fall thing. through winter add to our breakfast. Just a little chicken broth and heat it up on the stove and stir in a little miso. And, yep. And uh, keeps Put in going. some scallions for the digestibility or a little bit of, uh, you know, shavings of ginger. Oh, good. Okay, mm-hmm. I never thought of that. Uh, just right in there, in the yeah, yeah, just right in there. Oh, nice! Uh-huh. I, will do, I will do that. That's 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 excellent. I like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- this is th- so this um, this is great stuff. Um, um, I, th- I think this will should um, kind of you know, give people a, a good basic um, you know idea and introduction about the. You know, the simplicity of this, it doesn't have to be um, extremely difficult or anything. You know, you don't have to go to acupuncture school. You can just trust your senses. And um, and I suggest, and um, we're gonna, I want to talk about the kids' herb book in a second, but the, the Herbs of Life now. Have you written more on all of this since the Herbs of, of Life? I know you have more more books, but just for your, is is this the, you know, the, your general layperson's um, book? Great question, because I actually revised and updated the Herbs of Life. Oh, all right. I want a copy. What is it called? (laughs) Yeah, it's called Healing with the Herbs of Life. Oh, well, that's great. So what I did was um, I added a 120-page chapter of treating specific conditions. And of those, each of those conditions included, I divided them according to their patterns. Their heating, cooling energies, their, um, uh, you know, all the energies plus more that we were talking about, and they're they're divided out according to the signs and symptoms. So you can just 
look down the columns and pick yourself out with what you're experiencing. Excellent. And then at the bottom, it gives you formulas and herbs to use. I'm, I'm, I'm going on Amazon right after we're done here and, and ordering it. Right. <laughs> yeah, or better yet, I'm going to go to, I should, I should say I'm going to go to planetherbs.com and order it. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you do sell it there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. you know, I'm actually happy to send you a copy. But... Well, but I'm I'm also one let folks know because not not everyone. I, it's interesting with, with with herbalists and and whether they be tech savvy or not tech savvy or they have somebody tech savvy working with them. Uh, the different people that I interview, um, you know, uh, whether they choose to do things on the web and and so when they do, I want to let it be known so so that you can so everyone knows. Fine your books on planetherbs.com and then you get to support the author as well and that's really awesome great you, point thank you you, you so get yes, a lot more book. it's true people should know they don't realize that um you know when a book comes out uh if, if you get it through a bookstore uh the, the author gets a very small amount next to if you buy it retail from them directly like at a workshop and since you have a website awesome Awesome. Go to the website because at the website we also have, ta-da, an herbal correspondence course. Uh, yes, you know, I was going to ask you about that later, but let's talk about it now before <laughs> we brought it up. I know. So let, let's, yeah. um, let's, uh, let, please tell me, tell me about that. Okay, it has 36 lessons. It's really an, um, we have two courses actually. We have a family herbalist course and a professional herbalist mm-hmm. course. And then, um, so the Family Herbalist course is 12 lessons with some books included, um, Michael's Way of Herbs and um, then My Healing with the Herbs of Life and a few others. Um, Rosemary Gladstar's book, actually a Family Herbalist book. Oh, yeah. And, I love uh-huh, that one. I do too. And then, um, so that's the Family Herbalist course. And then we have a Professional Herbalist course which is the full 36 lessons, and that's the first 12 of the Family Herbalist course, which is a lot of the foundation theory we're talking about, plus preparations and remedies and um, lots of other basic information for knowing how to choose and use herbs. And then uh, the next two sections are, um, well, the next section plus a little bit more is of complete Materia Medica with herbs from around the world, Mainly Western, Chinese, some Ayurvedic, some from other cultures and countries. And then the last section is uh, more advanced about how to use them in terms of assessing conditions and applying herbs to that. And then over and above that, we offer a credential program, which is completing this full 36-lesson course plus three of our week-long seminars that we do plus several mentoring hours and we award a certified herbalist degree with our East-West course, and people are then um, pretty much in line and ready to apply for professional member status with the American Herbalist Guild. I want to do this whole program. This sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might great. just see me signing up section by section. That sounds awesome. Well, it'll be pretty easy for you with your acupuncture well, background. We, we try to design Herb Mentor. Um, a, a person can... Um, you know, do this this website. Um, they can pick an herb of the month, make a home remedy or two, start to get herbs in their life, and then you know learn. It, it kind of provides a bit of a framework um, for for something and a, and a community. 
But um, uh, many people, and it's also encouraged to follow your your um, your passion. And a lot of people will be do other herbal courses, live and correspondence, and then tie your mentor into that. Mm-hmm. And which wonderful, is, which is great because then let's say somebody on who is in your program, let's say they were on Herb Mentor, a great way to learn is to teach. So they have this great community forum that we have where people can share their knowledge and it helps it stick more. Mm. You're so right. Teaching is a great way to learn. And how wonderful you've got this vehicle for people to do that. Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, it's, um, it's kind of a personal mission here. <laughs> but the more people that connect to the plants, the better. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's all Good of our mission. You. It's your personal mission too. But, you know, yeah. but it's kind of something uh, that um, try always try to find the best way to fulfill that. Um, you know that that, exactly. that goal. And, and, uh, exactly. So then, then just to finish uh, answering that question, mm-hmm. you already mentioned in my kids' herb book. Uh, kids' herb book is great not only for children, but it's great for very beginning herbalists. Yo, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I just, it was the, and this is the book. Then when people say, ask me, what's the, what should I? If you know, because you must get that to all the people. What's the? Okay, I just want to get one book. What's the one you know? And you're like, oh, like there's so many, and there's. You know, like where do you, you know? There's so many ways of looking at plants and learning. Some people want to come in from the angle of learning from plants. Others from making remedies. And um, kids are a book, and Rosemary's Family Herbal are always the top two that I'll, I'll oh, recommend. Thank you. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. It's a, yeah, and it says on the title, "Kids for All Ages." There somewhere. So. <laughs> well, do you know what I like about it, Leslie? Is is um you know is that um. You know, and I don't want to discredit because, like, say, Rosemary's book or something. But even in that case, because I'm working with many folks who are are starting out, and mm-hmm. it's really confusing when you're looking at books with with remedies with more than two ingredients. Yeah. And when I open this, I see remedies with one ingredient, <laughs> and, you know, meaning like one herb and other yes. things. And and maybe there's combinations in here too, but you know you know and and so it's so not intimidating and it's like and then you also get to learn about that particular herb and how it affects your body because you're, you're using right. one or two herbs and you're not mm-hmm. using a combination. So the best way to learn herbs actually is to start with a handful and just learn each herb very well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then you just build slowly on that. Exactly. So that's mm-hmm. the, that's uh, that's plus you've got all the projects. You know, you can make all the basic uh, preparations are in there: tinctures and salves and teas and syrups and you know all these good things. And songs. And songs, Michael. <laughs> you can wrote sing the song. lemon bomb song. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love it. And 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 being that I play guitar, I've actually. <laughs> oh, good. I'll tell him. I've actually played the chords with them and tried to figure them. Oh, hey, I've so got two fun. little ones. This is fun. I mean, yeah. you know, so yeah. I use it I use it not just for my my own my own learning, but um, you know, and, and keeps it simple for me, but also for uh with its great a connection with kids and and I can see that how how many kids do you have or um well, yeah. I have um the five step kids, five step four kids. step kids and one um I guess 
blood child, you might call. So, so you you have kids. a lot of of, of ch- you've had a lot of children in your life, and 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 mm-hmm. and, and for, was this book written for them, or was it written? you know, from your experience with them for other children because maybe they got older. <laughs> Both. Both. Okay. Both, yeah. And um, let's see, let me see. The other um, the other kids, they were in their teens when my son was born. So oh. it was still very applicable in terms of the, you know, simple kid aspect. Oh. And um, But also wrote it for my son, too. Who's now in his twenties? So it's been a while. Oh, wow, they do grow so up fast. fast. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Sounds but he still, you know. you know, he still uses. I still, I mean, he's growing on his experience. But it's just so amazing when he calls and says, "Oh, I used echinacea for this, and it's amazing how this sore went away, and my foot doesn't hurt anymore, and you know, things like that." So I, um, I love it when one of my kids will will get a scrape or a sting or something and then without saying anything the other one runs for the plantain yes, yes. <laughs> my friend did that too yeah with his friends definitely then so, you know you're doing your job right <laughs> so just to let you know and parents know sometimes it kind of falls by the wayside in the teen years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they remember and bring it back in and other kids will keep with it, it yeah I, I can see child. I can see my son it falling on the wayside <laughs> Yeah, they've got to express and flex their own wings. So, um, yeah. but it it comes back. Um, so from this, uh, from from your book here, from from you know, real quick from this, because this one uh, somebody uh, had a question here for you and related okay. to kids and, and herbs, and uh, they they emailed in that um, they have um, let's see, appreciate information about three to uh, to help three to five-year-old settle and sleep soundly she has a grandchild who fights uh, who fights it for all she's worth and continually wakes up or seems to sits up looks around usually not always going Mm. back to sleep and wakes up at 5 a.m what would you recommend for oh boy boy (laughs) parent Uh yeah i i recommend two herbs lemon balm and chamomile and actually, there's um, there's a planetary formula I'd recommend for that child that would be perfect. That includes both of those herbs and a few others in there. And uh, it's called Calm Child, C-A-L-M Child. And it comes even in um, a liquid extract, a glycerin liquid extract. So it tastes really good. And it's very calming. It, um, it has a little calcium in there as well. Um, I can't remember all the herbs in it, but I know chamomile and lemon balm are two main herbs. They're cooling. They help clear that restless heat and settle the system. And lemon balm's really good for sort of emotional restlessness as well. Oh. And so it, a lot of kids, they're too excited about life. They don't want to go to bed. Right. <laughs> or they're too restless to fall asleep well or stay asleep well. And this particular formula or those two herbs work really really well for that that's, that's great and um and um she also had a uh, thoughts on handling allergies and asthma for three to 13 year olds that, that gets a little trickier doesn't it definitely tricky um you want to know again is is there heating uh, issues going on cooling issues asthma a lot of times develops over time from well from a couple of different sources it's more complex um allergies um 
you have to look at the environment, see what allergens are there. Is it food allergies? Is it environmental allergies? Um, you want to strengthen immunity for sure. Um, sometimes, well, I'm trying to think of what would be a, an easy kind of um, allergy remedy, especially for kids. You know, it's easier to think for adults. Um, let me think for a second on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be sort of generic. Sometimes, well... Yeah, a lot of time, I mean, it's, it's almost like someone would need to, to meet a person. You know, like, yeah. you know, like you need to see a health care, I mean, like, is there a herbalist or acupuncturist that they could, in their area, they could actually see, you know, because might be necessary for more chronic conditions, huh? Yeah, exactly. Let me, let me, okay, so the asthma, if there's white phlegm, definitely there's coldness. So that's a whole other approach. And if it's yellow, it's another thing. But a lot of times asthma has what's called wind involved, which is the wheezing aspect. Mm. So um, cold foot can be helpful somewhat for the wind wheezing uh, the, the spasmodic aspect. A little lobelia is good for that. But of course, as you know, you want to make sure you get this down for your people listening. The lobelia you only use, especially for a kid, a drop because it has an emetic aspect. Mm-hmm. Taking too much, it will make people throw up. Um, and then you want to get rid of the dampness. So if there's white phlegm, you've got you know garlic, ginger, elecampane. Well, cherry bark, that kind of thing. And if it's if it's cool, you can be using elder, um, mullein, licorice, the colt's foot, and um, and clearing the phlegm with that. Mm-hmm. Diet is so key, especially when you're talking about kids mm-hmm. with allergies and asthma. You want to make sure sugar is out of the diet because it lowers immunity by 50%. Um Cold raw foods, a lot of juices, iced drinks, milk out of the refrigerator. Sometimes all I have to do is change a child's diet, and a lot of their symptoms go away. Yeah, it's so. it's uh, amazing the the work that you and Michael have done and, and done in bringing this way of you know the from your work lear, learning Eastern Eastern healing practices and then. And, and then translating it to the West as with Western or with the herbs that grow around us, and because um, you know personally, one Oops, of my sorry. things about that's okay. What about learning uh, Chinese herbs? I, I haven't done that because I, I it just hasn't felt right learning those plants when I when I, I have more of an attraction to learn Western herbs. And now you have this great way to to um, use this ancient. Uh, you know, and 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 well proven and founded and solid way of um, diagnosis and um, with the plants that grow in our natural environment. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, Michael's the one who started all that. I learned from him and carried it forth. So I really want to give him that credit. That mm. um, you know, and it, and it's a real, it's been a real gift to me, and and it is a gift to be able to look at herbs this way and. It's not just useful for us, but like we were talking about earlier, you can travel anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And by knowing the energy of an herb or by figuring it out, you can be in another country and figure what herbs would be appropriate mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So and, that can be very helpful. And um, I want to mention, too, on, on planted herbs, you have planetary formulas as well. Um, gosh, there's so much you, you do. You do, Michael, too. How do you – people sometimes look at – really now, they go, how do you guys do it all? And I look at you, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, they probably look at you and say the same thing. You know? <laughs> look at this. That's a lot of work. <laughs> well, it was fun and play, and you just – you know, you do it through the years. That's right. Years it's... now. <laughs> and you're always adding to it, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's impressive. And, and so uh, I recommend everyone, as soon as they uh, finish listening to this, go right to your web browsers and type in planetherbs.com and poke around. It's important. Yeah, yeah. Please do it. It's a brand new website. It's of the 1st of September. and Yeah, I noticed it's different this time when I went to it. I'd seen it before. Yeah. You know. We've been working on it for a year, and we finally got it up. So. Oh, that must feel good. It does. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, thank you. And it's just so much easier to work with and move around in. And um, I think most of the bugs are out, but, you know, how these things go. Uh, I, know, actually, I actually do know how those things go. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> and let I me tell you. you. <laughs> It's it not always fun, fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it, it, it often distra- often distracted me from actually going out and learning about plants. <laughs> so I'm mean, trying to figure out how to take a bug away from it. <laughs> how to balance the two. Well, just to kind of further what you were saying on that website, we have a consultation form, so people can actually download that form and fill it out and mail it in, and we can do written or phone consultations to. Whoa, that is an excellent resource because, once again, people on the forum are always, um, you know, we can only do so much, um, you know, when people email, how can I help this or that? And we say, well, you can try this and you can try that, but really, you know, you you might need to see, you know, see someone. But uh, being that with your expertise, you can do it through a consultation form. That's great. Exactly, exactly. So. You know, by asking questions and filling the form out and so forth, we can figure out what the energetics are. And you send a picture in of the tongue and, you know, things like that that are very helpful for the whole assessment aspect. That's wonderful. You know, I, I, uh, we, we're going to have to have you back here sometime because maybe, maybe we can uh, check in. Uh, oh, you know, we should have you back between winter and spring. Oh, that's a great idea. Getting for the other end of the. Yeah. That the, would be. The, the, that would be mm-hmm. great, and then and then I can ask a bunch of the other questions that that I that we didn't have time for. Okay, <laughs> I'll, sounds I'll, fine with me. I'd love to do it. I'll file these away for another time. All right. Well, uh, once again, you can uh, learn more about Leslie and Michael's work at PlanetHerbs.com. So, Leslie Tierra, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us today on Our Mentor Radio. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me, John. Bye. Bye. Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons including Herb Mentor news, home remedy secrets, and supermarket herbalism. You'll also find the herbal medicine making kit and our board game Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio. Copyright LearningHerbs.com. All rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.